across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. It is a Friday, so we have our relationship conversation on a Friday, and we're discussing infidelity. A very, very difficult conversation. Lesifo is a life and relationship coach joining us on the line this afternoon. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us, Leah. Good afternoon. Hi, Pamela. When you reflect on infidelity, mm-hmm. is it always bad or could it also be an opportunity to reflect on what brought you guys here in the first place? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it, it's completely dependent on how the individuals are going to respond to the affair. But I've often seen an affair as a real catalyst mm. for a couple to get very real about all the stuff they haven't been facing for years in their relationship. And it's finally, it's like lancing a boil, you know, it's, mm. all the stuff gets to come up to the surface. Mm. And very honest, real conversations can actually start to happen, which can build a much stronger relationship than was there before. And and obviously we're reflecting on infidelity and there's also betrayal. I suppose there's also a betrayal mm. in, in, in a in a in other types of relationships, whether it's yourself and your boss or other family members and so on, where sometimes betrayal could be also again an opportunity to deal with, you know, underlying things that you haven't been able to deal with for years. Absolutely. And we always have an expectation that the other knows exactly how we feel about Mm. something, that they know exactly what our expectations are. And we don't communicate that stuff. So then we get wounded and hurt when the other person behaves in a way, you know, that we we, we never believe they would. But we are not the ones putting our expectations on the table for them to understand where our lines are. What is the best reaction the most productive reaction from the one who's being betrayed? You know, again, it depends on the nature of what the betrayal is. Mm. Um, but it's very important for the person being betrayed that they don't make everything about themselves. It's very easy to go into that self-attack mm. of it's my hours that fault. I made this happen. I've got low self-worth. I'm not worth you mm-hmm. being with me. We can't go into self-attack when an affair happens, but we have to go into self-observance. We have to be able to sit and question what was being avoided, what was not being addressed, Mm. and use this as an opportunity to get a lot more honest about all that hidden stuff that hasn't been brought to light. It's often also very difficult for the one who betrayed to get room and space to voice you know, where they're coming from. Not to say that there is, you know, there is room for, for, for excuses, but to be heard. Because as you're saying, sometimes there are things that are going on there that needed to be dealt with for years and nobody yeah. ever dealt with them. And this may be an opportunity. But it's very hard sometimes to get that person to get their voice across. This is why therapy is so incredibly important. Working with a therapist, working with a coach, you can hold the space for a mediator conversation to happen because mm. you're right, it's incredibly important for the person who is doing the cheating to be able to talk about what was going on, why the affair happened, mm. what needs were not being met, mm. and what they're looking for um, moving forward. So, yeah, it has to be a safe place for those conversations to happen. And, and very often the one who was betrayed isn't interested in hearing any of it. They just want to point the finger and lay blame and because they're in a huge amount of pain. You know, I've often found that sometimes if two people were left alone, we would be fine. 
but there's other noises that come into the into the surface, and then other people will say, "He did what? Yeah. You you cannot. He couldn't have done." Mm-hmm. And 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 it goes on and on and on. And of course, this does not to say it's only men that betray, but but what I'm saying is there are so many other voices chirping in that it's all often sometimes very difficult to get to to dealing with the issue. How how do you suggest the two people get to deal with the noise outside? It's a very hard one, and it is one of my golden rules of working with couples is mm. that you don't discuss your relationship with anyone outside of your relationship unless it's with a professional mm. because of exactly that problem. You're going to have all of your friends and family who genuinely want the best for you, but they think that the best means wiping out the other person, and that's not the solution most of the time. Um, and then you feel like you're in a position to have to make everybody happy and live up to everybody's expectations of how you're handling this, this affair. So just keeping things very contained and very private, and we are handling this in our way. We're not going to be discussing this with any of you. Please give us the space to find our way forward with this. It's important. I'm going to ask that we open the lines there. 0117142006, and WhatsApp notes can be sent on 0614104107. And then there is a conversation once we've now discovered there was infidelity, for instance, Mm. and the one insisting, I want to know everything. Do you tell mm-hmm. everything? And I ask that because often the everything, the detail, could be far more painful than the intention. If, am I making sense? Absolutely making sense. And this is an extremely hard one. There's no right answer here. But I do know that the mind needs details to process what has happened. Hmm. And if you don't have the details, you're going to fill in those blanks yourself. Mm-hmm. And that for me is actually much more damaging than the truth mm. because your mind will properly go to the worst case scenarios mm-hmm. and make it so much bigger than it may have actually been. So there's a line of, you know, yes, hear the story, mm-hmm. ask the questions you need to ask, mm-hmm. but don't let this be a daily, weekly conversation, like an interrogation all the time about what happened. Like get get one conversation mm. to get everything out on the table. But after that, it st- stop becoming about what happened. And if you're choosing to take your relationship forward past the affair, mm-hmm. it's focusing on what can we start doing to make us feel safe again in this relationship. And and, and a, opening a conversation for what was it you were looking for? Why wasn't it here? What can we do to start creating that in this new relationship we're carrying forward? And I was going to ask if the detail also doesn't impact on behavior going forward. So, mm-hmm. So if the detail was we used to talk on text, I don't know, during the day or whatever, or we used to go and sneak out at lunchtime. Going forward, the suspicion about the lunchtime. Where are mm-hmm. you now? Are, mm-hmm. are you are you alone? Are you at work? Are you at lunch? Mm-hmm. Does that not create some sort of a problem as well? Look, there's always going to be a period of time as the trust is being rebuilt. Mm. And trust really takes time. And trust for me is a verb. It's an action. You can't just promise. You can't say, no, I'm, I promise you I'm being faithful. I promise you I'm not doing anything wrong. Um, there has to be massive transparency. And if that means that your partner's seeing your text messages, if your partner's got availability to, you know, check that you, you know, not messaging someone on Facebook, that you, you they do know where you are. Um, it, this is what they need to feel safe and to feel that you are keeping your word. And that doesn't carry on for a very long time. But usually in the very beginning, 
that behavior does exist. And it can be very tiring for the person who has had the affair mm. because they feel that they're constantly on show and mm. have to, you know, answer all the time. But they do because their part in this is, is doing whatever they can to rebuild that bond of trust. Mm. Let's take those calls 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp notes on 614 I'm with Lee Sifo. She's a life and relationship coach. And we are discussing infidelity. Very tough one. If you have experiences, we're very happy to take your call. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Hi, good afternoon, Pamela. I am from Holbeck, Captain. I don't like to mention my name. It's a personal matter. But I can you ask your guest? Uh, how do you control infidelity if at birth you were already uh, you were you were already in the process and with two marriages went down the drain and the third in the process of going down the drain What's a problem like that? Uh, does it go well to go for therapy? Do you heal yourself? Because it's not like a problem that exists maybe in time. It was a birth problem. Hi, SAFM. Um, well, I've just broken up with, with my girlfriend of seven years. Not because of infidelity, but... Um, well, there were a lot of issues and the therapist is speaking about self-blame and self-hate. Um, how do you deal with that? Because that's exactly what I'm going through now. Sure. Leah, what we're going to try and do, the very first voice note, we're going to try and see if we can't get hold of him because I think it's quite complex there. But let's just maybe deal with the latter one um, where this person is saying the blame and the, the self-hate. Look, it's 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 very hard to regain a sense of self when stuff has gone so wrong in a relationship for so long, and and when things are really negative at the end, and a lot of accusations and a lot of negative talk is happening, we begin to start to believe that stuff about ourselves. So rebuilding a sense of self-acceptance and self-worth um, is the journey this man now has to commit to. And always really important to work with a therapist or a coach to help you start seeing new perspectives and new ways forward of how to think about yourself. Also to look at, to address behaviors that maybe were unconscious that you can now start working on, on doing more conscious um, behaviors in your life to get to a sense of self-confidence and self-respect again. Mm. There is often a very difficult, uncomfortable expectation by the one who did wrong to to keep it together, right? To keep mm. this relationship together. Mm. And even after years of non-changing behavior that got them there in the first place, to be grateful that the other didn't leave. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. 
No, look, that's a problem. And, and if you've got a commitment that you're going to move past this as a couple mm. and you're choosing to work on it and find a new way forward, there has to come a line in the sand where past that point, this can no longer be mm. um, used as the weapon mm. to, to beat you into guilt every time something doesn't work. Mm. And and most people who've done the, the cheating get to the point of going, like, how many more times do I need to apologize for this? Yeah. I've said sorry. I've done the work. So it's it's about having conscious conversations in your relationship that are focusing on building forward instead of focusing on on what happened back then. Mm. So it, it is very hard, but past past a point of healing, um, the relate the, the responsibility has to lie with both people in the relationship for the state of the relationship. Mm. It can never be one sided. Let's take another voice note, Leah. Good afternoon, Pemelo. Uh, according to me, the, the, the pain of infidelity doesn't go away. No matter how much your partner has clarified, given details, but the pain doesn't go away. Every time you think about it, you remember that this person has once uh, cheated uh, on me. And you wonder if the person is still faithful or is cheating again. I've been there, I know the pain. Thank you. So, so Leah, are there people in their makeup, and this is not a judgment at all, that just, you know, like this voice note is coming through saying he may have the, the um, aspiration to move past it but he just cannot and in a situation like that it's just maybe better for them to move on yeah no look in that previous voice note it just sounds like there hasn't been enough open honest real clear communication with both of them past the affair mm. and and that he still has suspicion means that there isn't trust mm. means the work hasn't been done mm. so either you've really got to commit to working with a therapist to support you through that process or otherwise the relationship will end because a relationship cannot survive if there's no trust yeah so the that the voice note that I said yep. we'll try and get hold of. Mm. Um, the gentleman is on the line. He did say that he doesn't want us to to use his name. So I'm gonna okay. uh, just to say that you know uh, let's call him. I don't know Peter. Hello Peter. Hi. Good afternoon, man. Hi. Thank you so much for calling. Just go ahead. I, I wasn't sure that we got exactly what it is that you meant. So that I just wanted to give you a chance to to maybe explain it to us further. Okay, man. Let, let's let, let's start like this. Mm. Uh, I was born with infidelity, which means I couldn't have children. Like right from start, from birth, due to a medical problem mm-hmm. that was not attended to early enough, as I I stayed in the rural areas. Mm-hmm. And then moving to Cape Town, get married. Okay, the first marriage marriage does last about uh, ten years, mm-hmm. and then it didn't last not because there was Yes, I did try and try and cheat just to overcome my own problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, it didn't last, the marriage didn't last like uh, 10 years it ended. I went into a second marriage. Uh, at least the second person passed on. But went to a third marriage. That marriage didn't even last six months and uh, it went down the drain. Or oh, it's in the process of winding down the drain. Were you unfaithful in, in the third one? As well. yeah, and the third one, I was quite uh, quite faithful there. Oh, you were faithful. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And and, and so you, your question, so that we are clear, what it is that you're asking? 
My question is, uh, would it be therapy? Mm-hmm. Would it be a self-control? Mm-hmm. Or what would it be? Uh, because I believe therapy didn't work. I was like in a mental institution like for eight months. Mm. Self-therapy didn't work. Mm. So now my concern is what does it work? Because now I'm moving like by the end of my days, I would be like in 10 marriages and still not having a solution. Okay. Peter, mm-hmm. just hold on for us. Leah, I'm going to come back to us in a short while. I have to go to the headlines. Okay. I'll be back with this um, in a short while. Let me just go to Uzi Lesaku for the latest in headlines at 1.30 first. Let's have the conversation at SAFM Radio on Twitter. Thank you so much for your patience, um, Peter. And, and Leah, I, I don't know if you have any other questions for Peter. No, I just think, Peter, it sounds like you, you know, you've been through cycles of behavior that have left you quite wounded and, and not knowing how to cope and how to shift your behavior. And you're asking if therapy helps, and the answer is definitely yes. We can only see ourselves through the lens of what we know. And a big part of working with a therapist or a coach is to see different perspectives or try and understand um, what is causing the deeper behavior behind what went on in these three marriages. Mm. We're driven by patterns of behavior that are very much burst out of childhood. Mm. And it's incredibly important to um, um, you know, look at that and investigate that stuff to understand why you're engaging in this behavior as an adult. It's hard to do self-therapy when you can only look at it through your own perspective and your own lens. So getting a different perspective is incredibly important for you to understand your patterns as it comes to relationship. Do you have any questions, Peter? No, ma'am. I, no, no, no. I think uh, it's, it's clear, actually, that I need to go to, again to therapy and see if there can be a solution to the problem. In, you seem like you've been reflecting a lot. When you reflect, apart from what you think, I, I, I have a sense that you think you, you know, because you cannot have children, that's the, that's the core reason. When you yes, reflect ma'am, some do. more, do you think there's anything else going on there? Uh, I think your growing up would, be, would have an impact on that because since I was born with a problem mm-hmm. and now self-blame, as the other callers say, Self blames come in place, and that is the one that needs to be uh, put aside. And then I believe you can have a you can control the concern problem as you are aware of the problem. Is are you longing to have a child, Peter, or are you judgmental of your physical condition? Uh, no, ma'am. No. Neither of the two, because mm-hmm. I have like five adopted children. They're actually like they're really big. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit over 30 already mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. and they are big, and I love them a lot. Mm-hmm. And so there is no self blaming me. Mm-hmm. There's no blame as such. But at times you you will think about it and how to how to behave. Are you looking to be validated? Is that what you're looking for in the other person when you go and have infidelity? Yeah, when you get a relationship, you like, I, you, 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 you think you, maybe you can please that person, but then you are not in the position to please that person. You have a problem already. And to discuss that problem, that's a difficulty also with your fellow partner. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yet a relationship has to have that level of honesty, Peter, if you're going to have any success in a relationship. And we tend to have very negative perspectives about ourselves, but our partner doesn't necessarily share those. 
and they've got to know what's, what they're in for or what the problems are from the very beginning so that you can work on that stuff together. And, um, and it's, it's, it's not, you know, thinking that all of your self-worth is tied into this particular issue. There's a lot of other stuff that I'm sure is wonderful about you that you have to offer and contribute into a relationship. Um, but, but keeping yourself in a sense of self-judgment about this particular issue, it's like you're not worth having some really open, honest, loving relationship. And that's what a therapist will help you work through. And, and let me, my last question before you go, Peter, is so, so are you in the third, re, re, are you in the third marriage or has that finished? Where are you now? Then can I, can I be honest with you? I'm in the fourth marriage already and, and this, this one also won't work because I have tried to explain or discuss the problem, it didn't go very well. The two already were discussing the concern problem. I already went into two divorces by discussing it, by being open. Okay, let's let's just one, one, I just want to just go through a step by step. Can you accept that actually you may be the one who's judging yourself more than your partners are judging you? Yes, ma'am. I am the problem. I know. No, 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 no. That's not what I asked you. Oh. I'm saying, can you accept that perhaps what you see as a problem is a problem only to you, not to your partner? Is that something you can? Can you accept that yeah, it's yeah, very I, I, possible I, I, that somebody else doesn't think your problem is a problem? Yes, ma'am. Because I, I, I can say that yes. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think more about that concern problem than maybe my partner itself. Mm-hmm. So can you receive love, Peter? Maybe that's what I'm asking directly. Are you open to receiving being loved? Yes, ma'am, I am. Okay. I think then that's the first way, you know, that's a first step. And if you are, I think there's definitely room for you to get help. I really think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you so much for being uh, so open Thank with you, us. Ma'am. Thank you. Daniel, you're calling from Durban. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, ma'am. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, a very interesting topic. In fact, uh, this Sunday being my 21st, uh, being my birthday oh. on the 21st of March, it was exactly 21 years ago that my wife spent the last day with me. She left home with my two girls on the 22nd. Mm-hmm. And I want to say you've been so correct that we need to be open and talk to each other. <clears throat> and sorry, because of, uh, you know, being a male and male domination, mm-hmm. she wants to talk to me and I'll tell her, you're talking nonsense. Mm-hmm. I never listened to her, but I wanted to dominate. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, I also was uh, unfaithful to her once. She forgave me and the second time I did the same. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, there was something that was troubling me that I couldn't want to share with her, mm-hmm. which I heard from outside and hearing from outside actually damages your relationship. And that's what exactly happened to me. And it's been 21 years now, but we still talk to each other every day. She's still on my medical aid. I still take care of her. I took my two girls. I made sure they get married properly. They're all with children, two living in Joburg, one in Canada. And they're all doing pretty well. And uh, they told us, between me and mommy, what we do. And we got a good relationship. We talk to each other every day, and I take care of her as well. Damn. And I just told her the other day, yeah, I'm 21 years we separated, but I'm now mature, I turned 21. So it's time we got married again. Damn. I'm praying for that to happen. <laughs> and she's busy, in fact, working throughout Africa, counseling single women and empowering 
single woman and I do counseling with guys and things like that in the center that I'm living in. So I'm living alone, she's living alone. I can't go to another lady because I still love my wife. I met her when she was 13, I was 17. So it's close to about 50 years that we know each other. Oh, so Daniel. it's difficult, yeah. <laughs> you warm my heart. I mean, I want to weep oh. and cry at the same time. Yeah. 21 years and you still have a lump in your throat when you speak about her. That's it, yeah. No, I still love her. In fact, she was here with last Friday. She came down from Johannesburg and spent some time with me and my big daughter as well. <laughs> we still got the relationship. Irrespective of what goes on, I like to say married people, even if you're divorced, your children is your priority. Take care of them. Be responsible. Don't abuse them. Make sure they are in a proper place. My kids are all, they always tell me, Daddy, you're still the best daddy in the world. They tell the mother the same. We always spend Christmas, New Year's, and all together till my son went to Jonas to Canada 10 years ago. and But we still meet together because I'm visually impaired. It's difficult for me to travel, but they come down and see me. Daniel, my wish for you is that she feels exactly the same way about yeah. you as you feel about her. Yeah, and I always told her, you know, she's not my ex-wife, she's my Y-wife. <laughs> I said, ex, ex, ex is an unknown denominator. I said, you're my Y-wife, why did you leave me? Oh, Daniel, <laughs> yeah. that's such a beautiful... Listen, I really hope she feels exactly the same way as you feel about her. I really no, hope she so. does, she cares. She calls me every day. If I don't call her, she must call me. Oh. So we still got that relationship going, just that we're not registered on paper. Bless you, Daniel. Thank you so much for your Okay, call. thank you very thank much. Thank you. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Uh, afternoon, Pamela. Um, you see, cheating seems to be nice when you do it. But its consequences are very, very, very difficult to overcome. And uh, you cannot heal from that uh, situation. And you will only blame yourself and you can't reverse. It will be hard to trust again. That is Marule in Mapula name, Bushpark Ridge. Thank you. Uh, hi, uh, Pamela and, and the listeners. Uh, I, I, I am noticing that it is male persons that are calling and i am also noticing that uh, i am also noting the devastation in their voices and i just want to you know make a comment or even ask why is it difficult for males uh, when they are being cheated on and for women uh, they are told to uh, and they are also told that uh, why is it not that uh, uh, also said to males to say Hi Pamela, it's Togozani in Durban. You now what happened in my case is my, uh, my fiancé at the time, who we share a, a child with, found a job in another province and then she cheated in another province and then I found out about it but then we decided to take the relationship forward but then I I told her that I need to like get the details everything like what happened and then she failed and I waited for over a year to get those details and they never came through and then I just I just broke it off I haven't seen her since 2017 i haven't seen her i don't want to see her i don't want to hear and in in the process i'm ignoring my child as well i mean i don't know what to do i don't want to see her i mean 
she, 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 I don't know. Okay, so that that's that's where the problem be, begins, actually, where where now the child bears a brunt of whatever is going on between the two of you. Mm. And it and it's such deep wounding. It's wounding of the ego. Mm. It's wounding of the heart. And and I think we've just been hearing today how many men have just got have been raised in a, in in what we know now to be a very toxic way of you're not allowed to express your emotions. You mm. can't ask for what you want. You have to just man up and be tough and handle stuff. And and this is the consequence is men not knowing how to ask for what they want in a relationship mm-hmm. and feeling the only way they can find it is through having affairs. Mm. So I just want to address that one first to say to men, it's such a critical um, journey for you to find a healthier emotional way of being in your life. And if you are raising boys especially, it's teaching your sons how to that emotional intelligence how it's okay to talk about your feelings and to ask for what you want because this is where the patterns have to break. Um, you know, the the thing of children, it, it's, there's no answer, Pamelo. It, it's, people have to separate what happened with the partner versus being the parent mm-hmm. and showing up for their child. Mm-hmm. And goes on between you and, the, and, the, and the, your ex or the fiancé, mm-hmm. it cannot dictate what's going on between you and your child. Yeah, you know, the thing with children actually just, it really, really bothers me because I think I have never heard a parent who doesn't want the very best for their children. I mean, yeah. I think it's very rare that you'd hear somebody not wishing their children far better lives than themselves. Yeah. I, I've I've hardly ever heard it. But it's, it's always interesting for me how people say the one thing and do the opposite because what mm-hmm. you're doing in turn is that you are taking your wound and and you are inflicting it on your children. Absolutely. And you're making your child pay the price yes. for what actually happened between the two of you. Yes. And, um, and, and you can be with your child and teach your son or your daughter healthier ways yes. to communicate and cope that you maybe never were taught in your life. Um, but that caused this very problem in terms of your relationship. And, and why why do we punish children for our problems? I don't get it. So you sound, I forgot his name now, I'm so sorry about that. You sound like a reasonable guy. You are deeply wounded. I can get that. But why bring your child in all of this? So, you know, I think it's fine if, if you are not healed and you guys are not okay. But your child, you you are wounding your child. I think take that with you, that whatever it is that you're feeling, amplify that by 10. That's what you're doing to your child. It can't be okay. That a lot of people will use the child as yeah. a weapon against the, yeah. the, the, the parent. And, that, and that, that wound is not going to go away now. That no. child is going to live with that for the rest of their lives. And that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. So just reflect on that a little bit. It's It's, I don't know, it's a bit unfair. Dan in the Free State High. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you, Dan? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'll, I'll only go a little bit out of your 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 topic, but sure. I did understood clearly your your, your topic. Mm-hmm. But I was very interested to the to Daniel, mm-hmm. the last call. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also divorced. Mm-hmm. I have uh, uh, three kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, the older one, she's already doing, she's working. Yes. And then the two, I'm still taking care. I'm doing everything. Yes. You know, but the issue, the mom, mm-hmm. she's always having things on the kids that affect them. Mm-hmm. And now I'm Like on what, Dan? Just marriage. give us an example. For an example, uh, my, my, my daughter, mm-hmm. uh, uh, she's 
13. Mm-hmm. And then she was having a terrible headache. Mm-hmm. But I did notice that it's because possibly she's affected by my divorce with the, uh, mm-hmm. the mom. Mm-hmm. And then I took her for help, mm-hmm. the specialist. Yes. But I knew that it needed to be a psychologist. But I didn't want to go directly to the psychologist. And then I took her to the psychologist. Uh, after the specialist, they recommended the psychologist. I took her for psychology. She had a, a good session. Mm-hmm. She had a very good session. The only mistake she told her sister about whatever that transpired in that session. After that, I presume that it went to the mother. After that, when she was supposed to attend her second session, she told me she's not going there. I knew because from the beginning, when I started my divorce, I took her for help. There was a social worker was dealing with, with, with them. The mother withdrew them from the social worker. So, so um, what you are asking then is um, so now I'm um, uh, uh, whatever that the mom currently is saying to the kids, it's affecting me on the second marriage, the kids and me to the second marriage because now there is another baby on the second marriage, but I can't put them them together. Okay, so clearly Which means now it makes me now I have to choose. It's either them or continue with the baby on the second marriage, which is very difficult that I can do that. For, for, then I'm rushing you just because of time, right? So so yes. clearly, you people have big issues because we're hearing your side, we're not hearing her side. But, um, exactly. you know, you say she says something about you. Guess what? You are talking about her on the radio. So I could say you are yourself not quite healed and, and you guys have not come to a point where you are, you've moved on. I think you you... Actually, yourself also needs help. Hey, Dan, I think consider okay. that. Okay. I think I think go see somebody. I think resolve it and 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 try and see if you can't go beyond what it is that you've left behind. Okay. Okay. Leah, I've got Thank to go. You, Unfortunately, we've run out of time. Can you believe it? <laughs> Always too fast. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Leah. Absolute pleasure. Leah Sifo is a life and relationship coach. And uh, yeah, it's never easy. Infidelity is never easy. But at least we we were just trying to scratch the surface. So that conversation will be available um, in our podcast. And that podcast will be on our social media platforms.